Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Hey, I'm sure by now you're aware of programmatic ad tech, but what is it exactly? Programmatic advertising, in some ways, is really anytime you're using software and data to make your media buying decisions. We see it in display ads, in CTV, programmatic digital out of home, and of course, audio. And new ad technologies are coming out every day. Actually, what you're hearing right now is a type of programmatic ad, or at least a hybrid. It's not programmatic in the sense that a piece of software is buying this ad right now in a real-time bidding auction, but it is programmatic in the sense that it was bought through a buying platform that matched the advertiser to this podcast. And who is the advertiser? Grapeseed Media. When it comes to the world of programmatic, they're one of the companies that knows the most about the latest advances in all programmatic. Their whole mission is programmatic that lets you play with the giants. They open the door and walk you through the entire programmatic landscape. They're the closest thing possible to an in-house programmatic team without the expense and trouble of an actual in-house team. They're completely tech agnostic, which means they sit on all ad technologies, including emerging ones, like the platform they use to serve this host red ad. If you're curious to take your programmatic further, reach out to them at grapeseedmedia.com. And thank you, Grapeseed Media, for being a sponsor of this podcast. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the show that takes a look at film, pop culture, tech, because in the end, everything is an ad. Hello, I'm Shannon Miller, the creative and inclusion editor here at Adweek. Joining me as always is our community editor, Luz Corona. Hello, co-host. Hello, my friend. How are you? You know, I am scratching and surviving, trying my best. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't it's we all? fall in certain places. Florida doesn't know that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the rumor is that fall has started. <laughs> if the rumors are true from here on the East Coast, I can confirm. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I, I enjoy that for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> we have an excellent show in store for us today. And why is that, Luz? Who's our special guest today? Our special guest is our friend and colleague, Jameson Fleming, who is our agency's editor. Jameson is coming in on seven years with Adweek, um, and he's held quite a few roles with us. But uh, Jameson, let me pass it to you and just share a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. I, I'm excited for my first Lose and Shannon podcast. I've done Griner and Nud, Griner and Co, Griner and Shannon, and now <laughs> Evolution. I feel like there's probably another host in there that I'm, I'm forgetting. I apologize to that person. Maybe Doug Sanger. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm excited to be here. I, I uh, yeah, I oversee agencies coverage and. For me, I've prioritized uh, new business as something that I write a ton about and trying to help the industry 
solve the the problems around pitching for new business because it's an expensive, tiring, uh, awful thing half the time. So let's uh, let's do it. Jameson is the go to now whenever I like have like a pressing agency question, which usually results into like, is this a thing? Is it okay for me to feel this way about this thing? And Jameson's usually like, yes, because I feel that way too. So it always makes me feel really reassured when I get the Fleming sign off on a thought that I can't really like put into words. And this week there was a lot of that actually. Uh, Jameson, you wrote a story titled the Martin agency wins three more accounts all without a pitch. And I'm seeing this as a bit of a phenomenon this week. Well, before we get into all of that, can you tell us a little bit about this Martin story? Yeah, so the Martin Agency, little history there, you know, 2020, they have a huge new business year, added some pretty impressive clients. 2021, they deliver on those clients, just exceptional work. And this year, it's like a cyclical thing because they are back. They've they won Bud Light, Seltzer, uh, I guess it was in August, uh, which is, you know, one of the probably three or four biggest, you know, clients to change hands this year. Um, so a huge win for them. And then uh, quietly, they, they've added a lot of other business. Uh, they added Legal Shield. They added Santander US, Royal Caribbean. They have done a lot of work on Hasbro brands, most notably Nerf, but they added a couple more lines of business there. So they, they continue to add on, and a lot of it has, is attributed to just prior relationships that they have with clients as opposed to having to go into these, you know, pitches that can run six figures or in extreme cases like Coca-Cola run into seven or eight figures, uh, you know, investments. Oh. That's that's crazy. And you know what? Um, coming from agency side, being there for a few years, it's um, this headline was really attention grabbing. I particularly liked your newsletter subject line the other day, Jameson, Martin Agency wins not one, not two, but three uh, <laughs> or brands. Um, when I was agency side, we pitches were a big deal. You know, you saw executives, you saw um, up and coming talent from all different teams just lock themselves in like a fishbowl room just covered with paper. And then you saw them pull late nights and all hands on deck. Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Like, do you see kind of like a, a turn in the industry on going towards like pitchless wins? Or what is it about this instance in particular that was so different? Yeah, so there's definitely a growing movement. Uh, you'll see a lot of uh, agencies use the term ditch the pitch. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that, of, of better new relationship building, where a lot of these brands, especially brands that are you know spending under 25 or $50 million a year, like there's no reason to have a drawn-out three-month pitch for that business. You know, you have... Odds are you have a specific need or two, and if you're using the right pitch consultant who has done their homework on hundreds of agencies, they should be able to just line up three to five agencies for you to do a chemistry meeting with and maybe like a second meeting, and you should be able to pick a winner. You shouldn't need spec, spec work. You shouldn't need this long, drawn-out pitch where you're whining and dining and you're going through this motion three months or six months. It's just not necessary in a lot of cases. And that's what we saw with the Martin agency winning those accounts was 
Two of them were uh, previous relationships that Kristen Cavallo had with those clients when she was at Mullen Lowe, and she comes to the Martin Agency, and you know, she's been there for a number of years now. Um, but when the opportunity came to potentially move their business to a new agency, you know, Kristen was somebody that was a logical person for these CMOs to immediately call up and you know say, "Hey, we love your work. You know, do you want to have a meeting about this?" And the third one was simply a former Martin employee going client side, you know, saying, "Hey, I want to I want to bring the business back." Um, so you know, it's it's a it's you see it a lot, especially among some of the more veteran agency leaders. But it's also kind of a you know a place of privilege privilege that if you've been around the industry for a long time, and you've taken the time to develop those relationships, you know, winning business that way is a lot easier. Um, than for newer agencies where you maybe, you know, haven't been around the block long enough to just like have a CMO go, I want you to be my agency. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was my next question because, I mean, this is great for somebody who is like a 10-year, 20-year veteran. But if you're a smaller shop, as you mentioned, just starting out, um, which is especially the case for like multicultural shops, I mean, those are usually things that are born of not being able to uh, get the creative work that you want in an industry. So you kind of have to start from scratch a little bit. And so if you're talking about a pitchless world where an agency doesn't have an opportunity to prove themselves, what, how are they able to navigate this world, still get business and kind of still be able to roll with the times that may see like not the end of the pitch, but like the, the severe reduction of the pitch process. Yeah, so I mean, they they work a lot on referrals, um, and you see that a lot of you know one client likes them, they go somewhere else, they refer them, uh, you know, to their you know colleagues, uh, and so there's 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 a lot of that um, going on, and a lot of this project based work of oh hey you know I hear you're a hot shot that does this and. You know, do you want to take on this one project for us? And that one project becomes a bigger project. And then that bigger mm-hmm. project becomes a retainer. And so you see a lot of smaller agencies that are really excelling right now kind of kind of work off of that. I mean, Mischief is definitely one of these agencies that has built it off a reputation very quickly of brands just wanting to come to them. Um, mm-hmm. And Mischief has had to pitch for some of their, their wins, but... You know, there's been a number where they were pretty much just referred and just said, hey, you know, add one meeting and one when they want any time fitness over the summer. They had one chemistry meeting and I think it took 10 minutes for any time fitness to hire them. Any whenever I like see because there's like a couple of agencies that where that's the case where they're just doing like a lot of project based work. And I always look at it as like watching like two friends like kind of date it's like when are you guys just gonna gonna call it like when are you just gonna be official like you're going on all these dates you're doing all these projects when you guys just going to jump the broom already so it's interesting to kind of see this like area where like that could actually work to their favor in in a huge way like maybe you don't get to Maybe that's the way that you build that relationship, too, is like, we can do this cool project. Please come back again. And then maybe hopefully (laughs) like a year or two down the line, they can actually be like, okay, we are the AOR. It's just it's deeply fascinating. This sort of like weird pitch workaround world that we're living in. Yeah. And it's fascinating because I feel like you see more and more of brands just having 
a ton of agencies on the roster. I mean, I find it confusing when I'm like trying to figure out, uh, you know, who did somebody some work, and it's, it's like super okay, confusing. It's AOR, so like, what other seven agencies have done project work that you can like start to investigate and figure out who the heck did this this piece of work that we love? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really frustrating and, <laughs> and annoying. <laughs> Uh, you know, I get it. You know, it makes sense. You get to to dip your toe in many different lakes and figure out which one you like best. Is that the metaphor? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds right to me. Pretty on point. <laughs> um, so, Jameson, this this leads one to think about the chain of events that follows. You know, like a volume of uh, like this of wins, right? So, the Martin Agency. It looks like they staffed up twenty percent. We're currently during a time where there's we see more employee layoffs across agencies but Martin agency is hiring back in um what are your like but admittedly they said it you know it's kind of like a, a cautious move because you don't know what happens with business you know have you heard any more about that around the industry like how these kind of when agencies win these accounts staffing up to not burn out other employees like what it, what is the mindset there yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, when somebody does want a big account, it's like all of a sudden uh, you'll see on Fishbowl, it's like, oh, how do you get a, get a hold of this agency to like go join because you, you know they're going to be hiring like 50 or 100 people. Um, and so, I mean, that that's really not gone unchanged from what I hear. I mean, when somebody wins a lot of business, it's like, how can you get people in fast enough? Um, which then becomes a challenge when, when you think about agency culture, because a lot of agencies are being more thoughtful about the people they bring in to make sure they're the right fits. But when you go on a winning streak, you sometimes have to sacrifice that um, so that all of your clients don't suffer because you're down 50 or 100 people or, uh, you know, in some cases across the holding companies, it's, you know, hundreds of people. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. I want to double back a little bit to something that you mentioned um, in regards to the pitch consultant, where you talked about, you know, if you're dealing with a good pitch consultant, they'll be able to sort of eliminate a lot of that guesswork when it comes to chemistry. Is something like this going, do you think that something like this is, could lead to like the rise of the pitch consultant? Or is this like a time for like the pitch consultant to really, really shine? That's a good question. Pitch consultants, I think, are in a weird place right now because 
I feel like agencies are slowly trying to move away from pitches, and so that's less work for them. But the ones who are really standing out that I hear most often good things about are the ones who are treating the pitch as more of a dating game where they, you know, they're more of the actual matchmaker. Um, and that's what they really invest in. You know, I've heard a lot about um, Lindsay Slaby with uh, Sunday morning, I want to say her consultancy is. Uh, mm. I apologize to her if I just butchered the name of her company, but I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about her about how she like really takes the time to really get to know agencies and match them up. Pete Carter is another one. He's a former P and G um, brand side executive where he used to do all the matchmaking for P and G brands, where he would just get to know agencies. And what he does, this is what he does in his consultancy now, is he just gets to know agencies inside and out. And a client comes to him and says, "Hey, here's my problem," and he gives them a short list of agencies, and they do like one meeting, and that's that's it. Uh, we just wrote earlier this week on dude wipes going to curiosity and it was that exact process of very slim down, you know, curiosity went up a few agent up against a few agencies, uh, you know, in these, you know, slim down meetings and within minutes they had won the account and it was as simple as that. Wow. Yeah. I, when, when you said pitch consultant, I, I admittedly, I had not really heard of the term and I just envisioned like a, an Olivia Pope of the agency world, like the brand agency world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like who, who is normally in those roles and, you know, what does their work look like? We have fresh suit, click clacking heels, knows <laughs> yeah. exactly who to connect you to, knows which, which ECD is going to really deliver for you. Yeah. I exactly. The, those headshots are up on the bulletin board of the ECDs that you got to connect with and all that. <laughs> um, so, Jameson, I want to move us to another story you did about another kind of a pitchless uh, review. Ogilvy continues hot streaks, snagging H&R Block without a formal review. And in this case, it looks like the new H&R Block CMO, Jill Cress, made the decision to go for them and that main insight was based on okay let you know we'll say h&r block tax convos kind of hard to have outside the the popular time frame when we need to do taxes they want to change mm -hmm. that they want to keep conversations going year round and she wanted to insert brand into culture um and ogilvy was the the agency of choice there you know what what are your thoughts on like how ogilvy is is the agency to think of when it comes to inserting brand into culture yeah, so that that one was interesting. I mean, that when you know, I asked them, I was like, "How does how do you insert a, a tax company into culture in a way that uh, you know you, you're not going to roll your eyes at?" Um, and you know, they had good points of you know, 15 years ago, you wouldn't have thought that Dove would be a soap brand would be the one driving a conversation about beauty. And I was like, okay, that's fair. That uh, and you you know, you've seen that with um, you know some other financial brands having. Uh, you know, really strong campaigns that, um, you know, really resonate into culture. And so, you know, Ogilvy has got a you know, long reputation of, you know, creative excellence. They've been quiet for a few years, at least in North America, but they're roaring back um, of late. You know, they, we've seen it with winning Coca-Cola being the main agency there and SC Johnson, uh, which was another review that just broke uh, like a week or two ago. And they won Audi, um, which is, you know, a brand that is often in culture. Um, and so, you know, I, th I think they are repositioning themselves well as a place where creativity really shines because they've hired 
every freaking creative on the planet, it seems like, in the last year, um, at least on the leadership team. So it'll be interesting to see how that trickles down through the organization and whether the work, you know, really explodes, uh, you know, over the next year there because they've had a strong year as is. Um, but that was a relationship where Jill Cress, you know, had a vision in mind for the, the, you know, what she wanted in her marketing and she wanted more than her previous agency could offer, had a great relationship with uh, Devika, the global CEO at Ogilvy, the new global CEO over at Ogilvy. And it was a logical fit. They began having conversations a couple months ago and made it official. You know, H&R Block is actually in a really interesting position because right now there's a lot of robust conversation around uh, financial literacy. So there's a real opportunity for them to connect in that way. Cash App has done a really good job of tapping into culture by um, hiring a lot of Black artists. Like the last spot that they did with um, Kendrick Lamar was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, they went to his agency for that. So there, that was a big reason as to why that spoke so innately to Black culture. But there is a way for institutions that do have that like seasonal uh, sort of, I guess what you, I don't know what you would call it. I guess like a uh, seasonal like setback. Well, not setback, but what is the obstacle? There we go. Yes. I mean, it's a huge obstacle for them to be able to break out of sort of that prescribed time. But if we're talking about financial literacy, that's something that is um, relevant all year round. So it'll be really interesting mm-hmm. to see if they take advantage of that and kind of follow in those footsteps. So we'll see. I'm definitely interested in seeing like how that turns out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about, uh, you know, they, they're trying to get more into the B2B space because, you know, every small business needs a bookkeeper uh, and needs, uh, you know, tax, uh, tax work and other financial work done throughout the year. Um, so that's a huge opportunity for them. Uh, you know, to do something different and attract a new audience. And, you know, they, they're trying to do B2B and B2C. And, you know, Ogilvy has had IBM for a very long time. And mm-hmm. that's one of the, you know, shining examples in advertising of how you do B2B and B2C work. So, I mean, there's certainly a history there at Ogilvy of shining in this space. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess my final question to you would be what, between those two articles, because those were, pretty indicative of a um, certain direction that our industry is going in. What can marketers take away um, from that in terms of like building relationships that result in new and good business? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, take care of your clients, get to know them. Um, Our fall fellow over the summer, Nandika Chatterjee also wrote about Terry and Sandy about how they develop relationships. I advise every marketer, to go back and read that story because Terry and Sandy put on a clinic for us explaining how they nurture relationships with clients, uh, you know, even after they leave whatever their brand is and they're looking for the next opportunity. You know, they're like, we're always, you know, we're the first phone call always. We want to maintain that relationship because when they do go somewhere, you want them to immediately think of you. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. That I would say. Um, that's great advice, Jameson. And this kind of ties into this is one of my last questions for you on the third piece that you wrapped up really excellent reporting as usual last week. Um, but your third piece that just came out about brands finding it painful to address agencies most pressing pitching problems. Um, kind of a really nice sum up of the, the coverage that you did this week. But can you tell us a little bit about your findings there? 
Yes, that one, I mean, it was surprising, but also not surprising. I mean, everybody kind of knows that brands are going to do their own thing for pitches and they're going to do what's best for them and they're not always going to really take into consideration agencies' needs during pitches. But there are certain things that brands really need to do if they want better caliber better caliber partners uh and so it's providing basic information like 98 percent of agencies were like we need to know the budget for the account we're pitching i want to know <laughs> what two percent of agencies are like yeah sure i don't give a who who how much we're <laughs> or like how are those two eight two percent of agencies still in business but anyways then you know 98 percent say it's valuable but it was like a quarter of brands say that's not painful to provide and it's like how is that how are they not realizing that you got to at least pitch, give them basic information. And there's other things in there like brands don't want to give access to senior leaders and they don't want agencies to be able to publicize. They don't want to let agencies know who they're competing against, which is another important thing. Cause if you're a smaller agency and you're really having to pick your spots of what you're going to pitch, if you're actually the smallest, biggest long shot to win that account, you need to know that up front because you may not join that that pitch because you, you're only going to pitch stuff that you really think you can win if you only have a certain amount of accounts that you feel like you can pitch for in a year. Um, and so it was just kind of you know really interesting to see the 4As and A&As coming together on this research and seeing, seeing it so one-sided because agencies aren't, aren't faultless in it. There's many agencies who will undercut price who will not follow the rules of the pitch and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just make things difficult for other agencies. So those agencies are certainly out there and, you know, need to get their act together. But, you know, largely the issues come from the brand side and that that story really, really exposed that. That That's so interesting. I, and I'm glad you did a piece on that because I just always saw it from the other end. And like, how do you tell brands, you know, like, this is this is an issue. We're trying to win your business, you know, um, and especially what caught my attention is having access to the higher up brand leaders, especially in today's day and age. There's so many cultural moments that you want to respond to and, you know, in that moment and you need access to the decision makers to kind of move things quick. And that was always something I saw that lagged agency side, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today to give us a little peek at uh, the newer trajectory of the agency-client relationship. It's really fascinating from the creativity side because we don't get these granular details very often. So I am really interested and excited to see where this new world kind of takes us. So thank you so much for all of your information, Jameson. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I think a year ago when I took this role, I never... Never assumed I'd spend my day texting new business people like all day, every day. But uh, they are some of the most fascinating people in the agency world to get their perspective on. So if you don't know them, you should go out and get to know your new business people because they're cool people. That's awesome. More solid advice. Yep. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media? Meaningful Connections.